Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. This is uh, season six. I can't believe we've made it all the way to season six. And today we are talking about the topic student engineers. And that word engineers <laughs> plays a special role for me. Uh, we, John and I use that, that language, engagement engineers on EMC2 learning to, to mean you, the educator, uh, learning to, to engineer, to tinker with, to change, to develop and grow both internally as well as externally with the things that you design for your classroom uh, with some of the tools and resources and courses and you know great activities on the site but this this particular podcast is about student engineers this this moment this opportunity we have to give students the chance to create something for and with us uh, for our class, which is kind of cool, right? You know, we talk about the power of an authentic audience, and I think in a gamified class, uh, <laughs> this is awesome uh, to to give students the opportunity to help design and develop your game. Now, before we get too into the weeds, this particular podcast does go out to those that gamify their courses uh, longer than a day or a unit, so. Uh, if that's not you, you might want to sort of bugger off. But if you want to stick around, you might see the reason or value to do just that, to sort of elongate your gamified experience. And maybe as you look towards next unit, next semester, next year, uh, maybe challenge yourself to do just that, to design a year-long experience. And again, I'm going to use the word design loosely there because, again, it is for you to sort of develop along the way. You don't need to have it all figured out. You just really have to kind of have theme and and kind of weave that into some experiences to start with, and then it can kind of grow from there. All right. Now, for those of you that stuck around past that sort of disclaimer, you must be some year-long gamifiers like myself. Uh, I know we have lots of people in this well-played community and explore like a pirate community uh, and EMC2 community that are our year-long gamifiers. So I, I wanted to take a moment to kind of discuss how I use student engineers to design my game. First and foremost, I want to sort of tell you that one of the things I just love as a teacher and think is super fun is the element of surprise. So uh, I know some teachers really love to have students design kind of everything, and that's super cool. Uh, I don't want to knock that. That is cool, but that's just not me because I really want to sort of surprise students. That's an element for me in this game, uh, in my game. So um, I often don't let them sort of design things. But once the game progresses far enough, I do sort of invite them, but I tactfully invite them. And what that is, is I build a, in a few items or badges that give students the power to design things for my game. And this is an important step. I see this as an important element to having game design done right. So first and foremost, the invitation to sort of create is intoxicating. So if, if I just say, hey, everyone, uh, I need your help. Who would like to design some stuff for my game? 
you're you might get like a few kids that are excited by that open invitation heck i see this even in uh adults right take explore like a pirate we we have a weekly chat xp lab love the community love it and at the end of every week i sort of put as my end slide anybody that's interested in hosting xp lab uh please dm me i would love to like grow the community and expand the platform so that everyone can have an opportunity to to sort of design a you know a chat and that open invitation might get one person a month but when i individually dm some of you you guys are more than excited to sort of get in there and help and are like thank you it's such an honor so it's interesting right the personal invitation first kind of the general invitation same principle happens in our classrooms. So when you give the general information that, hey, I'd love it if you guys help design an activity or design uh, some items or something like that, yeah, you might get a few kids. But if you personally invite, invite, it changes everything. So I do that with these items and badges. So kids that uh, turn in a quest, I say, hey, you know, Jim, I, I oof, you did an excellent job. Uh, I'll give you a choice. You can have maybe this item for this side quest you did. But uh, you can have this other one. And I have one that allows them to design items. And if I make the, the item, well, one, if I like the item, you get paid gold in my game. And if I make the item, you get paid even more gold. And that with there's kind of an opportunity that you might also earn the item. And this is kind of cool, kids that choose that are excited by it. And then they're, they're, that excitement leads to maybe a cadre of students who are excited by that. And all of a sudden, then other kids want this item that allows you to create other items. They like the gold. They like the you know inquisitiveness of you know how can they add to this game. And I love it. Now, I also have a similar item that allows them to sort of come up with quests. And same thing. It's a different item. I don't put those both on the same thing. That's a different thing you have to unlock and be invited to, so to speak. And I love that there are people coming up with items, coming up with badges, coming up with side quests, and they had to unlock that ability. Then what happens is a little later, some other kids, when they're earning their items and power-ups and whatnot, they'll literally say to me, oh, Mr. Matera, I was really hoping I could get that side quest making item. I got some ideas. Oh, yeah, like you can get that, right? Give it to them. Uh, Now, on all of this, we got to talk about quality or style or I don't know what you want to say, but uh, I'm trying to streamline it for me, but I'm also trying to streamline it that they understand what is important in a game. So my kids will easily come up with like ideas in terms of like cool sounding things like, oh, you should have a battle axe in your game. You don't have one yet. You know, like great follow up question. What, what does the battle axe do that I don't already have in the game? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 let me think about that. Let me think about that. And it's that element, the, the practical nature. Like, what does it do in the game? That's a hard question to answer. And what I love is tasking students with that concept, that idea, that challenge of making it uh, useful in the game and specifically not overpowered i mean kids would love to make one that's like just boom add ten thousand xp like yep that's an easy item to make but like how often am i going to give that out 
if ever. Am I ever going to really create that item? So it's about making those like light items, those small items, those mediums. That's the challenge. And the other functional thing when they're making items, I guess, or side quests, is kind of the practicality of me running it. Like sometimes they come up with complicated systems. Like you're allowed to trade like five items with five different people at like no exchange rate or whatever. And you're like, ah, I don't even know what that means. But also there's no way I can involve five other students, make these trades, have that happen quickly. So you have to recognize students that I'm the bottleneck to all of this, that everything sort of flows through me. And so the smoother it can flow through the sort of, smaller it can take of my energy the more likely it's going to be able to pass through that choke point and and become an item because i can it functionally can work kind of without much of my input or any of my input so this is a neat design challenge to kind of give students because at first they they just sort of dream up complicated items sometimes things that also are too overpowered and then like as they work on items and they get that advice they start to streamline and hone their design ability. Now the next thing I got to tell you about this is when they're designing it make it easy for you. So I actually have my students have to type it up on a Google slide, give me an image, right? Basically, I want them to design the item, period, full stop. So it's there. Everything's written. Everything's typed out. Everything's still editable. It's a Google slide is what I usually make them use. And they have an image that I would use for the item. So they've done the searching. They've done the finding of the items and or the imagery. They've titled it. They've written it up. And now maybe it needs a touch up here or there. Maybe I don't like how they phrase something. Maybe they made it too strong, but it's a good idea. And I'll just sort of have the strength of the item. But the point is, boom, I can start making items much quicker now that I have this. If you are an EMC2 member, you also know we have tons of item templates Here's my suggestion there. Don't give them to the student. This is one of the ways that cheating can sort of happen. So like I keep those templates. They just make them sort of generically. uh, And then I just sort of copy and paste their text into our EMC2 template. That way you don't have to worry about them creating items and and maybe copying your items, right? So don't give them the template. Uh, But make sure whatever you do give them or that they create follows a similar pattern. There's going to be an image. There's going to be a title for the item. Maybe there's, if you have certain power-ups or requirements, make them sort of include those in on the item so that, again, it's just quick and transferable for you to your item. I love that. That's huge. And uh, I would say think about a collection point. Where are you going to get these items to you? Uh, maybe you have them email you a shared document. That's fine. I have all my quests handed in on a Google sort of form. And so, you know, you might want to do that style that way. Uh, let's see. Oh, the side quests. I like this because I use Google Slides to sort of make my side quests look cool, kind of a picture in the background and then like the sort of write up. Uh, students then have to do the same thing. And I love sort of the the style and look and feel that students have to kind of put into these side quests. Uh, the light descriptions, but a new category, a new idea for side quests. All of this is really cool to see students come up with. And again, inviting students to sort of be a part of that is huge. Uh, I sometimes let them challenge themselves to make items 
in the past, past units, things they're experts on. So again, uh, that leaves some excitement and surprise for upcoming units. They don't know what those are, but they are masters of that other content. And they say, hey, you never had like a Pharaoh item, you know? So like, why don't I make a Pharaoh item? Because it could do X, Y, Z. That's kind of cool. They're experts and they're applying their expertise. The side quest one, I actually allow them to try to create a side quest for the current unit because it's a way of giving them more choice and more agency over the current unit. And I think that's a nice touch to that item. They're kind of encouraged to develop a side quest for their house. And if they can get more people to do that particular side quest, if it gets approved, it's a benefit of their house, that their house kind of like home court advantage, which was another nice touch because what it does is not only uh, kind of excite the kid to sort of make a quest, but it also excites the kid to sort of do some PR around the quest so that other people in their house start to do this side quest because of that home court advantage. Those are just sort of some of the tips and tricks I have in terms of streamlining it, collecting it, making it look nice. Try to reduce the amount of work you have to do if you end up liking these items or side quests. You know, quick edits of the text. And then lastly, just kind of some of like the reasons to do this and the reasons to remain it a surprise. I would love it if you guys end up doing some of these. As always, I'd love to hear from you. So if you liked this podcast, uh, some of you have been doing this every week now, and I love it since I've started putting it in the podcast, and that is to use our hashtag, WellPlayedPodcast. And if you want to tag me, at Mr. Matera, that would be great. I super love hearing your thoughts on our weekly podcast. Uh, As always, I hope you have a good week, and play on.